Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We've had these past two Sundays been given the example of the icon of Zacchaeus. The one who stretched himself to search after Christ. Who, despite his stature, climbed a tree to make sure that he could see our Lord. This last week, we saw the publican and his antitype, the Pharisee. And we learned humility as the way for us to find our Lord and to go down as the publican did, justify to his house. So we've been given images of repentance because we, brothers and sisters, are about to enter into the great season of repentance. The Lenten journey is starting. And we are given many opportunities, many reminders, many portraits of what repentance means. But today I would like us to step back and maybe as kind of, you know, different pictures or icons, especially the icon we have in front of us today, we'll have little parts that tell little parts of the story, but it's not until you step back and look at the whole icon do you get the full picture. So I actually want us to look at the icon as much as possible with as far back (laughs) as everyone is. But at one point, you'll be able to come up and be able to see it if you haven't seen it already. I was actually struck this morning. I knew where I was going in my homily already, but then when I got the icon out, I realized, wow, the icon actually already kind of depicts for me what I want to talk about. So you can see, Davis children, you're the closest children. So, and Joseph, you're going to come over here. What do you all see at the top here? A tree. Who's up in the tree? Zacchaeus. Wow, no. But guess what? I think you all are right at the same time. Who do you think is up in the tree? Who is down here? Can you see those little black things? What are those? They go. There you go. It's the prodigal son up in a tree. When I saw that, I was like, why? That doesn't, that doesn't say that he's in a tree in the gospel. Why do you think he's up in a tree? Because he's kind of like Zacchaeus, right? This is his picture of enlightenment, where he comes to himself. He realizes what he could be eating, what he could be enjoying, instead of hanging out in the pig side with the pigs. What do we have over here? What's going on with the other part that I found at the top? He's walking home. What did it talk about last week in the parable about the Pharisee and the publican? What did it talk about the publican? This might be a little abstract, a little harder. What does our Lord say about the publican? He does blame himself. Yes, he says, Lord, have mercy on me, etc. He says, he went justified down to his house. When he went down to his house, he went away justified. What's at the bottom? Wow, it's like he goes, you guys could preach my sermon for me. Yeah. What is going on at the 
over here? They're playing, they're dancing. We, this is how people used to dance, not the craziness that they call dancing now. <laughs> He's killing the fatted calf. This is the PG version, okay? <laughs> and then what's going on here? They're feasting. So you see already in the icon that we have for this feast, to me it's really hard for me not to see the top, as Joseph thought it was Zacchaeus, that you have Zacchaeus, you have the publican, and then with this icon the church gives us the rest of the picture. For when we think about repentance, so often we think about the pigsty. We think about the husks. We think about the shame that we're experiencing. We think about, as it says, the loneliness, right? No one wanted to give him anything. This is the proverbial um, where someone talks about they're going to keep going until they bottom out. That's the only way that they're actually going to wake up. This is the prodigal son who's eating the refuse, because that's what you feed pigs, who's living with the unclean animals. As a Jew, of course, swine are the animals you are forbidden to eat. Because if you've been around pigs, you probably know they're pretty disgusting. When he comes to himself, like Zacchaeus, He knows that he has to search out the Lord. When he comes to himself, he realizes what he's lost. And he realizes that he must return home in humility. Make me like one of your hired servants. Brothers and sisters, the rest of the icon, as the Davis children and Joseph helped us with, depicts the vision from heaven. Because we're so concerned or so wrapped up or so used to being in the pigsty, lamenting our portion, what's happened to us. We know that we need to return to the Father. We need to return home because we've definitely wasted everything. And what we have is the joy of heaven. The father running. At this time, I mean, I, I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, he runs. Okay, that's pretty normal because it's your kid, you're, you're running. As you get older, I'm like, running. Wow, okay, he actually ran. <laughs> and then I think, you know, he was dressed kind of like, more like me, which, you know, I don't wear this all the time. Well, I'm not talking about vestments, but a cassock, right? Don't try to run in a cassock. He runs. It's completely out of character for an older man at this time to run. And he runs. And he embraces him. He falls on his neck. There's tears, but they're tears of joy. Do you imagine what the son is thinking? What lecture am I going to hear? (laughs) 
where's the, okay, where's the rest of the inheritance, right? I didn't die, and you took the inheritance, so you're already ahead of the game here, so there's a bill due. <laughs> the father, in this embrace, the son is telling him, I'm not worthy. You can hear the publican, you can hear Zacchaeus. The father doesn't say anything to him. He doesn't respond to him. He doesn't bring up the list of wrongs. He just tells his servants, bring the best robe, put it on him. Get a ring, put it on his hand, put sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Brothers and sisters, we forget the joy of heaven. We forget the love of the Father. We forget the embrace. We forget the robe, the ring, the sandals. Because this icon of repentance is not just the great one time when we got saved or the one time in which we came to ourselves and it was a great this is the icon of repentance that's a continuous icon of waking up realizing what we've done where we've spent our energy our time our being everything that has been gifted to us that we've wasted it that we're sitting in the mud with some pigs and the father, we start thinking about all sorts of things like maybe he really didn't love me. Maybe he didn't care because I left quite in a huff. What is going to happen with all the stuff that I wasted? But all of it doesn't matter from the perspective of our God. All of that is forgiven. All of that in the tears and the embrace of the father melts away. There's a party to be had. For the angels rejoice in heaven at the repentance of any of God's faithful. So what do we do with this? The kingdom of heaven is a great party. It is waiting for us. For all we have to do, like Zacchaeus, like the publican, like the prodigal son, is turn and go home. Return to the Father. And we must do it knowing and fully recognizing who we are, what we've done. And yet, at the same time, the Father is busy putting on the robe, he's putting on the ring, he's giving us new shoes. He's completely outfitting us with everything that we need, even though we'd already spent it and wasted it before. We are going into a season of repentance where we're probably going to repeat the cycle <laughs> multiple times just in Lent. There won't be one great, maybe there will be one great thing, but it's almost always little things that add up or a particular thing that's always overhanging us that we constantly feel like we're in the pigsty. But it is the Father who's ready at every opportunity when we want to confess and return home. He's there. 
There's no question about it. There's no bill of, like, you know, you go to the thing, you get an invoice later, right? Like, now you have 30 days to pay up because you went to the doctor, you know, a month or two ago. That's not how God operates. So there's some very practical things that we can do with this and to be encouraged to do with this. The joy of the kingdom of heaven embraces us, especially when we come in repentance and confession. And by repentance and confession, I do mean the actual act of the sacrament of confession. Great Lent is a time for renewal and confession. It is a time to put aside or courageously bear the shame that Father Stephen talked about last week, like the publican, and come to confession. To be able to cleanse ourselves. And we're going to do it over and over again. But this is the pattern. And when you come to confession, the Father is racing to embrace you. He reclothes you. He puts you in your right mind. He slaughters the fatted calf to allow you entrance to the kingdom, to communion. Brothers and sisters, we are entering into a joyful sorrow, but I want us to underline, emphasize joy that the embrace of the Father is always readily available to us. No matter how we feel, no matter what we've done, no matter what we're afraid of, to come, to let it go, to start anew. This is the work of the church. This is repentance. It is a path of deliverance. It is a path to the joy that resides in heaven, where they sit and dance and feast. The feast is prepared. Will you come? Will you confess? Will you enter into that joy? Because it's always available to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.